Hi, this is Amy. Hi, it's Sarah. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapists, Inc. Thanks for joining us today. And um, for those of you that have subscribed and liked our podcast and shared it with others, we really appreciate it. Today, we're going to be talking about the actual qualified therapists in the world. (laughs) And those are not us. We told you that in the beginning. Um, So we're going to be discussing um, our experiences with therapy, as well as we have a special guest of an actual qualified (laughs) therapist who um who can answer things that we cannot because we're unqualified um (laughs) so Sarah how long have you been in therapy I've been in therapy for probably three years I think um I was in therapy briefly as a teenager and it was like so different than it is now because it was basically like you know my mom was like we're gonna take you to therapy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like don't say don't it tell loud. anyone don't say it above don't. a whisper yeah yes. so um that was my first experience with it and i felt so um uh patronized that's the word mm. so that was that was a fun thing i think i went twice and then i was like yeah i'm not doing this anymore and that's when i was experiencing a an eating disorder so I think also I wasn't in the place to be in therapy. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm fine. I don't need this. Everything's good. You know, right. Paint a rosy picture thing. Cause you had control. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm in control. Nobody else is in control. I'm in control. I totally am. I got this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then until I was, you know, a grown adult a few years ago and then I was like, yep, it's time. I got to talk to somebody. Uh, my PCP, every single time I saw her, she's like, so have you, you know, just, just checking in. Have you booked a therapist yet? <laughs> I'm like, I get it. Okay. I need to go see a therapist. Yes. So, yeah. I, and it's been tremendously helpful. And um, I was very lucky enough to the first therapist that I saw that I was like, yep, this is it. She's perfect. You didn't have to so. shop at all. No, I didn't. I didn't. It wow. was great. That's that is yeah. great. That's great. How about you? Um, so I think I've said on a previous one, I started when I was 18. Um, I was having severe panic attacks and anxiety attacks, like debilitating, stopping me in the middle of the street, mm, yeah. um, having heart attacks. So I thought. And um the eating disorder as well at that point. So I had two different therapists in college and they were both male and they were both super demeaning. It was horrible. Oh my um, gosh, gave me a, that's terrible. One gave me like a workbook to do. So that's a total, that was like a type of therapy that didn't quite work for me at that point in time. And I was like taking psych classes at the time. And I was like, oh my God, I know. Like, I was like, I felt like I was like understanding exactly what he was saying, but it was about me. And I just felt like mm. whatever. And then the yeah. second guy I went to was like, I just feel like that maybe if you ran more, then you wouldn't gain the weight. And I was like, oh, oh my, my gosh. So <clears throat> wow. fast forward to Colorado and I found a, cause I was really into church. I found a Christian therapist and I went to her for many years, the whole time I was out there. 
And then when I came back to Pittsburgh, I have had, I tried to count earlier today, one, two, I think like eight. Um, Now that's counting marriage counseling too. So those are different people um, Mm -hmm. as well. So um, yeah, I've had a lot of different therapists. I, um, I learned how to play the game with some of them. I just went in and said whatever the fuck they wanted me to say, just so I could like get out of there. Um, Mm. And (laughs) so like, you know, at that point you're done with this person. You're like, time to move on because clearly like they're so stupid. They're not even understanding what I'm doing to them. Um, yeah, it was just like, everybody kind of met their purpose except for those two people in the beginning, but everybody had a purpose. Um, and they kind of fulfilled it. And then uh, the last two that I've had have been <laughs> way better than any of the others. Um, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to ask a little bit um, to our special guest about EMDR. That's kind of how I found the last two therapists um, mm-hmm. to deal with some of my trauma. And so that was how I did that. But anyways, I've been around um, telling your story over and over sucks, but it's good to find a good fit. Otherwise it's kind of pointless to waste your time there. So we're lucky enough to have someone who is qualified to talk with us tonight. And so we just want to welcome Heather to our podcast. So hello. Yay. Welcome Heather. Thanks. So thanks for having me. If you want to just maybe tell us a little bit about, um, your experience being a therapist in terms of like how long, how, what made you like want to do it, that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's, it's all, that's its own completely other podcast is the journey to becoming a therapist because it all, often involves quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I have been in the, um, I did not, you know, have this lifelong dream of being a therapist or anything like that. Um, it kind of is one of those things that happen. you know, all therapists, um, if you talk to them, they'll tell you they have a story and a reason um, behind why they became a therapist. Um, for me, it kind of is one of those things that fell on my lap. I started working with kids um, after a little journey out of the country and I came back and I needed money and I got a job working with kids and I, I loved it. I really enjoyed working, um, worked in a residential facility and um, found that I really enjoyed it. And I decided to stick with that. And I went back and got my master's degree. Um, and then, so I've been in the field total for a little over 20 years, which is wow, crazy. Um, yeah. but in different capacities. Um, so I've been a licensed clinician, a licensed therapist for, for about the past 15, 14 or 15 years. Um, so I started off working with kids. Um, I worked in residentials. I worked in people's homes. I worked in schools. I've worked in pediatricians offices. Um, and as I did that, I also really enjoyed working with parents, doing some parenting support, um, working with, you know, with, with parents as they were going through their journey, um, with their kids. And so then I kind of fast forwarded, did that for quite a while, fast forward to the point where I just kind of got a little burnt out with that. And then in addition to that, I had my own family. And so it was just a little bit, um, too much for me at that time to feel like I was working with kids and also coming home to kids. So I kind of changed it up. And um, I found a, a real passion for perinatal mental health, which is working with women who have, who are um, in any part of the continuum of, of, of childbearing, trying to get pregnant, um, pregnancy, postpartum, um, anything like that. So 
um, I got, I had a passion for that. So I started, I got trained with that and I got trained in EMDR, which Amy, you mentioned, eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing, which is trauma treatment. Um, and then I started my own private practice. I co-own a private practice in the South Hills of Pittsburgh and, um, have been doing that for the past three years, um, two and a half, three years. And, uh, I love it. It's, um, I work mostly with adults at this point, worked with a lot of people that have experienced trauma grief, um, people that are kind of just in a, a stage in their life where they just need somebody to help support them and help them like bridge the gap and get to the next stage in their life. Um, I still work with a lot of women in, in that childbearing years stage, as well as um, a, a trauma and a lot of chronic pain. I work with a lot of chronic pain people. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you've been doing it a long time. I've been doing it. Yeah. I've been doing it for a while in different capacities. I think that's one of the things I like about being a therapist is if you get a little bit tired of one population, a little (laughs) burnout in one population, you can kind of like take the trainings and do the work. Um, And it takes work and it takes training, but you can do do that and, and find another population that you really feel passionate about. So we had a couple questions come in. Sarah, did you want to start with that? Yeah, I think, you know, one of our missions by doing this podcast is to um, remove the stigma from mental health and from going to see a therapist as being like a taboo type of thing. You know, I guess going into that, being a certified practicing therapist, what do you wish that we would know at people who are seeking out therapy? Hmm. What do you hope that they would know before coming to see you or, you know, when they're in their journey for looking for a therapist? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that it's a, a really good question right now, because I think a lot of people are at a place where they're looking for either to restart with a therapist or starting for therapy for the first time. Um, but one of the things I, is things to remember is we're often just as nervous as you are. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you for the first time, no matter which seat you're sitting in, mm-hmm. it makes you a little bit nervous. You don't know what the other person's going to be like. You don't know how much they're going to talk, how much they're not going to talk. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, we are, we're people too. So we don't, we don't walk into that room feeling like we have all the answers. We are just looking to meet you and it's, and we're nervous too. So when you're walking in, don't think that you're the only, only one that's a little bit um, wondering what the process is going to be like. Um, and the other thing I would say is that finding a therapist is like dating. Um, mm. it, is, <laughs> yeah. it is a hard yeah. process. It can, for some people, it can be fast. You know, like Sarah, like you were talking about. And for some people, it mm-hmm. can take a while to find somebody that you really click with. And it can be finding somebody, working with them, and then realizing, you know what, I need something else. I'm in a different stage in my life. Mm-hmm. I need something yep. different now. And so sometimes you have to break up with your therapist, and that's okay, too. So I think those are two really important things that a lot of people should know, and I want people to keep in mind when they're starting to think about a therapist or starting to look for, for someone that would be a good fit for them. So then the question was, what are like questions to ask, I guess, to make sure that you're a good fit? I mean, I think that it can be daunting to just go into it if you've never been now. I told Sarah, um, (laughs) I don't understand anyone who's not in therapy like that doesn't make sense to me I've already broken that stigma (laughs) big time in my world because like it just it doesn't I don't get that because I feel like everybody needs to evolve and grow no matter what's going on but for those people who have never gone it can be a little bit 
daunting to find someone, you know, um, sometimes I, I've done a Google search and I've like come up with people that way. But so let's say you send an email to someone to reach out or call them. Like what, how do you know if like, or you're not going to know until you have that first meeting? Well, so I think there's a couple of things. You, I mean, I think there's a few things you can do in some ways. Yes. Like part of it is meeting that person for the first time and you're not going to know fully until you, you get into it a little bit with them and have a conversation and meet them. But there are some things that you can do beforehand. So one of the things I think that is, I think is important is to, to talk to people, you know, it, it can be, it can be very stigmatizing, but also ask the people that you know, or ask the Facebook groups that you're involved in. Like, does anybody know of a good therapist, you know, asking for a friend, yeah. or you can just admit that you're asking for yourself, but ask people, <laughs> people will give you recommendations. People will, if they don't have one, they'll say like, Oh, I don't know, but my sister uh, was seeing someone for a while that she really liked. Let me get you her, their information. Um, so word yeah. of mouth is a great way because then you know it's somebody that somebody else that you know trusted. And the other thing is like read about them. Like so a lot of therapists have profiles on psychotherapy today. Yes. Uh, psychology that's where I today, found a bunch of mm-hmm, psychology, psychology today. today. And those yes. those profiles can be helpful. Some therapists you'll you'll read it and you'll realize right off the bat that it's not going to be a good fit because they say things that um, you know, that they're really into homework and you know that you don't want to do homework for therapy or, you know, so there's, you'll find different things on there and you'll, you'll get a feel for the person's personality a little bit through reading those profiles, um, go on websites. You know, I think Google searches are a great way to start, just kind of start looking and, and seeing what you find. And then you make a list, make a list of five people and just call, see who gets back to you, see who, um, talks to you and you feel like there's a good fit or even through email. Like you can tell by email, like, you know, what kind of a vibe do you get from the emails that you're, you're getting back and then just, yeah, make the first appointment. You know, if you're self-pay or using insurance, um, if you're using insurance, your insurance companies will typically allow you to see, to see more than one therapist for a first visit. So you don't have to find somebody and stick with them. You know, and if you're, which I think is like new to people, I don't think they knew that that's important. Yeah. You don't Mm -hmm. have to stick with the same person. If you're, if it's not a good fit, you can go to a couple, you can go to a couple different people and try and now every time you go, you're probably gonna have to tell your story. So that's, (laughs) Um, (laughs) it is exhausting, but that's an important thing to know, right? You're still gonna have to tell your story, but you might Mm -hmm. find something you click with one person differently over another person. Okay. So this just kind of popped in my head. So I have a question. Have you ever had a client come in and you thought that like you wouldn't vibe with them? So they, they were coming to see you, they hadn't expressed anything, but you're like, yeah, I don't think this is going to go well. I don't know that I, I write it off right away, but there are certainly some people that come in and it feels very easy and natural. And it's like, okay, this is, this is exactly the type of person I like to work with that I want to work with Mm -hmm. is going to be invested in their, their therapy. Cause, cause what therapists, what I'm looking for is for somebody who's willing to do the work, right? Therapy isn't just speaking and inventing. Therapy is also putting in the work. So I want to know that somebody's like, they're interested. And so asking these kinds of questions tells me that somebody is ready to put in the work. Cause if you've put in the work to find the person, Mm-hmm. then you're probably ready to put in the work once it, once it comes down to the actual figuring out what you need to work on, you know, working through the things yeah. that you're there for. So yeah, yeah I, is. I, would, I know that walk in and I'm like, this is not going to work because they like to think that I at least give everybody a chance and, and believe that, you know, the first session is always really, it's just a, a snapshot, right? It's, it's a one hour typically of like your whole 
everything. So it's a, it's a really <laughs> small snapshot and typically people are nervous. Um, they're just, it's a new place for them. I'm, I'm comfortable in that space, but not a, other people aren't because it's a new space for them. Uh, right now we're doing a lot of teletherapy and that's uncomfortable for some people and getting the right angle and, you know, people, <laughs> people can make sure their connection's good. It, take, it's a, it takes more than just the first session for me to know if, um, if it's a good fit, but I will, if, if I think that I'm not able to help somebody, if I think that what they they need, they want to work on is outside of my scope, I will suggest to them to, and help them to find somebody who's more suited for them. Do you feel like people could shock you? Like, I think that sometimes people are like, well, I'm going to hold back because I mean, my story is like pretty freaking. So is Sarah's. I mean, we both have like fucking ridiculous stories. So like, but we both, I don't think either one of us hold back, but I think some people will be like, oh my God, no, I don't want to like shock or embarrass or whatever. Yeah. I think I'm always, I'm always interested whenever I find somebody that like, you know, their initial uh, information, they say that they just like, they just need to work on like stress from work. And then two months in, <laughs> sorry, all of a sudden they I'm drop sorry. this like bomb on me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why didn't you, I didn't know that like six weeks ago. And they'll, say, they'll say something exactly like that. Like, I just, I didn't want you to think that I, I didn't like know what you would think. I didn't want you to think I'm a bad person. I didn't want you to think X, yeah. Y, or Z. Of me. Yes. Like, I'm always like, I, I, you know, you're basically paying me not to think those things about you, but also like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I have heard a lot sitting in my chair and sitting in different chairs and in people's homes and different places. And I am not shocked by it. I don't have any real emotions about it other than wanting to help you. Whatever it is, mm. I want to help you get through it. I want to help you with that and make and help you figure out a way to move through your life, you know, without that being a burden, without without you feeling like that. Because if you're yeah. worried that I'm going to feel like that, then you ought, it must feel some way, <laughs> some way. Yeah. So like we need to yeah. figure out why. Like where's that coming from? Why is that something that you're so you have shame about or that you feel guilty right. about or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like then we need to process and work through that so that you can release that burden. Mm-hmm. So I think something that, you know, I wondered too before going to therapy was like, well, what if they tell somebody what I, you know, what I say, because it's so out there. So if you like, maybe just give like a brief, like, what does, what, what would make you have to go to someone and say like, okay, I have to tell something that happened in one of my sessions and what gets kept, you know, in the vault. All therapy sessions are protected by HIPAA, which means that they're confidential. Um, mm-hmm. They're kept within the walls of that session just for those people that are that are in the session. Now, therapists do often are involved in or members of like consultation groups, or they have a person that they consult with in a professional way, right? So that they're talking to a uh, whether it's it's not always considered supervision, but it can be supervision like, or it's consultation, or it's like, hey, I'm going to talk about the places where I'm stuck. You talk about places where you're stuck, but we don't even reveal. Um, personal information. So I'm not going and saying like this person, first and last name, their date of Uh birth and like all their information about them. This is exactly what they're dealing with. We try, we still are very cautious to protect the specific identity of somebody. We talk about, Mm -hmm. okay, I have a case. It's a, it's a female who's struggling with infertility and I'm stuck because of this. Can you help me? And it's, it's still very general so that it's not disclosing the actual identity of the person. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So there, so we just do that as more just because we need to, and we need to grow as therapists and we get stuck too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, are there any circumstances where you would have to like contact the authorities or anything like that? Sure. Like in, in, in therapy, when people come and they are really, really struggling, um, 
there are times whenever people might make statements about suicide, um, statements of wanting to harm themselves. So there's specifically wanting to harm yourself, harm other, or wanting to harm other people are the things that we kind of are in the scope of needing to talk about the next steps, like talk about what is next, mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. that's how you're feeling. And so we ask questions. We have, as therapists, we have very specific questions that we start asking when we hear that theme. We make steps, we take steps that we feel are appropriate. And for different people, it looks different depending on what they're coming in and saying. So not every time you say, I'm thinking about hurting myself, I'm thinking about, you know, I've been thinking about not being here anymore. That's not an automatic, like, well, we need to call somebody right away. That's, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you some very, very specific questions to see what's going on and to see what the, our next steps are. Okay. That's yeah, why I think because a therapist. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you just that that means like I mean every every situation is so different, right? But I think sometimes it just means you need to discuss it more or talk about it more or Yeah, so I don't want, I wouldn't want people to be afraid of right. feeling that way, feel afraid to say to their therapist, you have to I want you to try to trust your therapist that they're they have your best interest at heart. They want what's best for you and so they're going to ask you questions and they're going to they're going to do the best they can to figure out what is the next step that's right for you. And that doesn't always, that's not a cookie cutter process. Right. So I have a question. It actually just came to me. I did not think of this before, but I've always wondered. (laughs) So, okay. So we all know my story, right? So we know about Scott and I, we went to therapy often together and I almost could tell if they didn't say it out loud, but I knew like that they were like basically telling me to run. Um, are, <laughs> are there, are there like, well, I actually had two people tell me that two therapists, like, but I mean, is it hard for you to look at situations and be like, Oh my God, like there really isn't a happy ending here. Or like, I don't know how this is going to play out in a good way or you know what I mean like and then I never understood I never thought like are they being great by saying this to me or was that like completely out of line like one guy said to me he's like you deserve a happy life your parents would want you to have a happy life like you don't this you need to go away and have a happy life <laughs> I was oh like boy huh and so yeah. it was just like it was it was challenging to me on lots of different levels because then I was like, well, I don't know if I even trust this person now to like work through this shit with me and him because they just want me to get out. I don't know. But I don't know from your, like your perspective, a therapist perspective, how hard that would be to watch and sit with that person or tell that person to run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, listen, there are certainly very challenging parts of being a therapist. And one of those things, honestly, especially right now is, Um, we have our own experiences and we have our own beliefs and we have our own biases and we have to be really, really, really in touch with those and acknowledge how they affect us and then how they might, it might, how might they might come up when somebody says something or whenever somebody's experiencing something that, that pulls up one of our, um, one of our own experiences. And so that's one of the reasons that we use consultation. Um, But, you know, it also depends on what the, why are people there? Like some couples come into therapy because they want to work on things. And is it what the therapist would want for their own relationship? I don't know. Yes, I see. It's really hard to say that, but like, if you're you're there saying, I want to work on my relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's a very, very, it's a very fine line. Um, Of course we don't want to see anybody getting hurt. We don't want to see anybody being abused. We don't want to see anything terrible happen to anybody. That is, you know, our job is to protect people as well. 
And it's, it is a very challenging piece of a part of our jobs to be able to say, okay, how much of this is my own stuff and how much of this is actually like therapeutically needed? Like how much of this therapeutically necessary to say to somebody like, you know, are you getting interesting? Yeah. So you must take on a lot of, gosh, I guess for lack of a better word, shit. Like you're you're listening to everybody just kind of like dump all of their issues and everything that's bothering them and all of their stress. So like when you, do you need to do something in between sessions? Do you do something Mm -hmm. at the end of the day? Like how do you cleanse that and not take it home with you? Hmm. Yeah. Being a therapist can certainly be pretty overwhelming and emotional. Um, there are some sessions that get extraordinarily emotional and we have to check ourselves. So we, uh, I do, I personally will talk and talk about myself, um, but I do, you know, sometimes I'll do, um, you know, in between my sessions, I'll just take a couple minutes to like breathe and to just kind of work through it. I use some of the EMDR um, grounding techniques that I teach people myself and I just use it for a couple minutes to kind of like give myself time to ground, be present, and, you know, to like get set for the next session. Um, sometimes it's um, if you have time, a quick check in with a colleague if they're around just to say like, oh, that was like tough. Like I need to talk through it. Um, you know, and sometimes honestly, it's like the mindless stuff, like going on an app or, um, pulling out your, like, you know, coloring book or something to just kind of like distract yourself and, um, and then, and then process it more at the end of the day. So in between sessions is a little different. And then at the end of the day, you have your, I have my end of the day kind of like routine of what I need to do. But then I really use my, if I'm, if I'm at my office, I use my drive home to kind of like breathe and and like process it out and allow myself to transition things are a little different now because we're working in our homes but I have to make sure that I spend some time every day just kind of like taking it easy like giving myself a little pep talk and uh, working through my head anything that I need to yeah I just can't even imagine having having that weight in addition to like whatever you've got going on with you personally then you know everybody else's weight from the day (laughs) and trying to take that home and being like okay I need to disassociate from this and, or, or, you know, move on to my personal life and let this go. Yeah. I mean, guided meditation, honestly, I, I should have said this earlier because guided meditations are one of those things for me that, cause you can find one that's five minutes and you can find them that are 50, but sometimes mm-hmm. those, because, because it's somebody else like talking you through what to do, sometimes that just really helps mm-hmm. to transition you and to like kind of move you to the next thing that's happening <laughs> in your day. Yeah. Whether that's going home to like, deal with kids and homework or going to pick up groceries or whatever it is. Like, you know, cause we are people too. We have all these yeah, things yeah. going on in our lives as well. So, but yeah, sometimes those, those like more specific and guided meditations can be pretty helpful for talking us through it. So another question that some people had was yeah. types of therapy. And I know that's a big, broad range of things, but I know that I have gone mostly to talk therapy, I would say, but there have been times, especially that first guy, where it was very much like workbook related. Um, like you do this and then we talk about it, you do this and then we talk about it. Um, so, and, and then also the EMDR that we talked about. So what is it mostly talk therapy that you do or are there other types of therapy? Um, oh, there are a lot, there are so many different types of therapies and specialties. And like, you can really people now, and you know, in this day and age, people are very, have a lot of options when it comes to things they can specialize in different theories, different types of therapy, different things. And that's, it's a good thing. It's because it basically means more training. 
and more training yeah. is, is really helpful. Um, so as far as types of therapy, I, I think that to me, if you're looking, if you're going in looking for a therapist for the first time, what's most important is that you cl- you connect with that person. And yes, you want to make sure that they um, specialize or they have knowledge in the area that you want to work on. But I would worry less at that first, that those initial times, I would worry a little bit less about the specific modalities and the types because it can be really overwhelming. So what I'd want you to do is to be able to, like I said, was saying, like look on psychology today, talk through word of mouth, find somebody that you, mm-hmm. that you might connect with and focus more on the, the connection and the relationship that you can find, that you think you'll be able to find a way to trust this person than the specific modality. And that will come into play, right? So if you walk in and somebody's talking about a workbook and you're like, ah, that seems overwhelming to me. I don't know. This is going to be, you know, maybe you try it for a couple of times or maybe you say like, I need to find somebody that's just going to, let me verbally process this a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I do a lot more talk, but it just depends on the person. Some people um, have a little bit of a harder time opening up in sessions and some people, so they need like a little bit more structure to their time. And so they need the worksheets and they, they do better with the, um, those specifics. And some people do are able to just come in and just blah, like just, they just talk about it and they want some input and feedback and they do better with that. So it just depends on the person. Do you feel like, I mean, I guess, is there anything else that you wish people would know? Like now's your chance because I think that people want to do this because they want to feel better, do better and like be a better person, not a better person, but evolve, I guess I should say grow any last like things that you would want them to know. Um, I, I think one thing is, like I said, I think the relationship is really important. So finding a therapist whose style clicks with you. I mean, we all have people in our lives who we really click with and some people who it takes a little bit longer and it's a little bit harder. So find somebody whose style clicks with you. Um, and if you go in, in the first couple of sessions, it doesn't, doesn't feel right. Speak up, talk to your therapist. They might be thinking that they're going based on your lead. Um, or they may be waiting for you to say, I don't know, they may be waiting to hear back feedback from you. So don't be afraid to speak up. It's your session too. It's important to speak up. It's important to say like, hey, I, I tell my clients all the time in their first session, I say, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be myself. I want this to, I want you to feel like this is no different than sitting in a living room, talking to somebody who just has a little bit more training than you. I don't want it to feel like yeah, I am in a different you know, place than you. And so tell me if I say something that like triggers you or upsets you or that you think it's just not, not right. Like, just tell me, you know, talk, it, um, talk it through and we can figure out where it's coming from and, and we can make adjustments based on that. So don't be afraid to speak up and say what you need and what you want. Yeah. I think that's great to know too. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's intimidating to, it is intimidating even like yeah. think, okay, I need to reach out and find somebody. So it can be very intimidating for the client. And then I think just knowing that it's okay to, you know, be in a session with someone and to speak up, like to feel as uncomfortable as it may feel, but that's like, it's super important to do that. And then, you know, if it still doesn't feel right, then you give it a shot with that person, but don't give up is my I think would be my advice too, is like, don't give up. Don't just say like, it didn't work with this person. So yes. therapy's not for me. Yeah. And if, but and sometimes just... if you tell your therapist, if you say like, Hey, I just like, I think I might need somebody who's need somebody who's a little bit more closer to my age, or I just feel like I need, might need somebody who has this experience or th- who does this. Your therapist will may, may talk to you about it a little bit, 
and may be able to help you find somebody who would be a better fit and keep you in therapy with them until you into, to transition it more smoothly rather than going uh-huh. six months in between and then you lose progress that you've made and then it's harder to, to jump back in once you've taken that break. Yeah, right. Because I mean, you all know each other and know your strengths. And I think, you know, like speaking with therapists, you know, they're like, oh, well, I know this person deals really well with trauma. And this person does really well with, you know, art therapy or, you know, different methods. So if don't be afraid to say to your therapist, like, hey, I'm just really looking for this kind of aspect for it. And, and they can guide you to the right place. So yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice. Well, and, some, and sometimes it can be supplemental too, right? So if you're seeing a therapist individually and you're like, you know what? A lot of stuff that's coming up for me is has to do with my spouse. You don't have to mm-hmm. switch therapists, but you could say like, hey, could you have a recommendation for a couples therapist? I think I also want to try some marriage therapy and try some couples therapy, right? I think my kid could also use some some support or, um, or even, there are even some specialties like, you know, EMDR, I think Amy, you had mentioned is, EMDR can sometimes be done if it's by one therapist and they can still be seeing another therapist sometimes. So ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask what's possible because a lot of times there are, there are options available. So we shouldn't be worried about hurting your feelings. No, (laughs) that's what I would think. Like immediately I'd be like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. So I'm just going to sit here and do this and it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't worry about hurting hurting our feelings. I mean, we'll want to talk about it. We'll want to kind of like, you know, make sure it's not just, listen, we'll want to to work through whether it's, is it just discomfort because you're getting to a place where you're almost there or is it because you're stuck or you're just kind of at a place where you need to, you know, move on to somebody who's going to challenge you in a different way. So we'll talk through it. We won't just kind of necessarily just say like, okay, fine. See you later. Or won't, you know, we'll want to talk to you about like what's going on and and understand it a little bit better. But yeah, don't don't worry about hurting our feelings. I mean, listen, I care very much about all of my clients and I also, if what's best for them is something else, something other than what I can offer. Yeah. And I think that another thing that came to mind, you talked about your kids, like having your children go to therapy. I think that that's intimidating even more so for parents um, is to find someone for your own child. But I was just, I mean, this is Lily's second therapist. And I just was like, she needs to be young, kind of hip and cool, maybe tattoos and an art therapist. Like I knew Lily, like if it was an older lady, no matter how amazing this person was, Lily would have been like, Nope, I'm not talking to you. So like you can be as specific as you think that would work for your kid because it can be harder, I think, in my experience, for a child to tell their story multiple times sure, than yeah. an it's adult. Good those, it's good to have those things as a starting off point. Like use everything yeah. as a starting off point. You know, like like I said, it really it really is very similar to dating. You know, you just <laughs> go out there, you have no filters and no parameters, like I mean, there's a lot of people to go through, but if you start saying like, okay, I want to make sure that they're within this age range, or I want to, you know, yes. I really want somebody that, yeah. you know, likes to, I don't know, go biking. Like, you know, you, you kind of know what your interests are, like, and you know what your, what's most important to you. So start there. You, it's always a place to start. You might go back and change what you said before, but like at least start there. Yeah. So I think I just have my, my, me, myself, I have one more question. And that's, you know, Mm -hmm. also with a child who goes um, to a therapist and sees a psychiatrist. So 
my my son does that and he's very open about it with his friends at school and sometimes you know they'll say things to him um in fact you know i was at a relative's house yesterday and they were like so um how's it going with vian and his and I was like, yeah, you don't have to whisper it. It's okay. Like, it's like he a knows bad he word. A psychiatrist, like he gets that. We all do. Um, you know, we're <laughs> so like if you had any kind of, I don't know if advice is the right word or just like some kind of tips for people to try to help them feel more comfortable with talking about it and for it to not be such a stigmatized things still, which I was like, it's 2020. We're great. Everybody goes to therapy. <laughs> and then you run into situations like this, you know, and they're like whispering psychiatrists. And I was like, okay, so maybe we're not as far as I thought we were. <laughs> and that, that goes along with my question. I was going to ask you, so maybe you can answer it all at once. Um, okay. In your 20 years, have you felt like the stigma has lifted a little? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, it's, I do think that it's definitely shifted and adjusted. There is definitely a, a difference in how people view mental health. It just still have a long, long way to go. Um, mm-hmm. But there are certainly more people seeking therapy right now than have before. There's, pe- there's men, women, kids, families, couples, you know, older people, younger people. It's, I mean, everybody is, um, every age group, every type of person is, is looking for an outlet, a, a place to talk. And so I think in that way, yes, I think that it has moved. The pen, it has swung a little bit further towards people accepting it and understanding it. I think there are a lot more people who are more open about it too and willing to say, hey, you know, I think that people like you guys are are awesome because I think you guys put it out there and you own it and you acknowledge it and you accept <laughs> it and say like, this is part of who I am. You know, mm-hmm. just like if I have blue eyes or green eyes or yeah. you know, curly hair or straight hair, like this is part of what I do this is part of who I am. This is part of what helps mm-hmm. me be the best self I can be. So yeah, boom, that's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, wish more people could that, I think it would start to like change the, the whispers, the psychiatry. Yeah. You know, like, so funny. <laughs> like he doesn't know, like he doesn't know. Right. He doesn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, he, I'm like, it's okay. Like he knows. <laughs> too much. So I think it's, I think, you know, I think Sarah, your question was like any advice. I mean, man, that's a a whole nother topic and it's a loaded question, but I think the most important things are to, to evaluate. Is it, is it something that's helping you? Have you noticed a difference in yourself? And if so, like, does it really, you know, what other people think or what other people say, like they're just uncomfortable with it because they don't know Mm -hmm, because they don't know what difference it can make in their life. And so for kids, I mean, it depends on the age of the kid, but like, for most kids, I would say like, you know, asking for help, nothing wrong with that. That will, that will be a, that's a really, really good thing that you're teaching yeah. your kids is to like ask for help, to acknowledge that somebody else might know something that might help you and, and change the way you look at things and like make your life yeah. a little bit better. Like what is wrong with that? That's a great yeah. life lesson. Yes, yeah. it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I think that's a great thing to try and kind of tell our kids too. Cause you know, you know, my son was like, well, what do I say when they say something to me? Like, you know, one of the kids said to him, you go to therapy. That's weird. Mm. And, you know, he's like, I didn't know what to say. And, you know, my, me, like my 12 year old self kicks in. I'm like, yeah, you're weird. You know? <laughs> like, what do I, I don't know what to say. Like, what do I tell him to say? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Your mom's weird. Like it's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> 
like I, I've got nothing to say back. So I was just like, oh, you know, I said when when people are saying that thing, it's because they don't understand. Like you said, they don't understand. They don't get it. Um, and I was like, and that's OK. You know, not everybody has to get it. And I said, but I don't want that to stop you from saying that you go to a therapist or, you know, being honest feel about ashamed. it. And not yeah. Feel ashamed about it. Yeah. Gosh, just, that would be terrible. If you, yeah. Like if you are going to talk about it, if it's going to come up in conversation and you want to mention it, mention it. Don't feel like you can't. And, you know, I think he's, he's pretty good about that. Um, I mean, he's like a hundred year old soul in a insanely <laughs> hyperactive child's body. So um, trying to explain things to him sometimes is a little bit more difficult, but <laughs> Yeah, and like, listen for you know for both of you guys being parents that are encouraging your kids to do ther- to go to therapy, like that's incredible because it's so it's awesome to hear about parents that are saying to their kids like it's okay if you want to talk to somebody that's not me and it's not your that's not yes. your family. Like, yes, go right. ahead, talk to somebody. I just want you to have somebody to talk to. I want you to have a grown up that you trust and that you can talk to and that has the right information. Like, I don't want you yeah. going to your other 12 year old friends and like asking them advice like oh my god right that doesn't sound like a great idea does it no that's like (laughs) the worst idea ever (laughs) yeah and you know it's I feel like something too that's kind of evolved since we were kids and I think all three of us are around the same age is you know like our parents didn't really admit like we don't know everything yeah so I think you know what I've been doing with my kids is like yeah mom and dad are not perfect and they're like, yes, you are. And we're like, oh, no, we're not. <laughs> and like, we don't have all the answers sometimes. Like, you know, so sometimes it's helpful. You have to go to an expert. So I think that's something that's sort of evolved, you know, from our childhood to now. And I think that that has a lot, you know, that that can be a good encouragement for therapy as well. Like if they come to you and sometimes they'll have something that it's like, I don't know what to say, you know. Um, yeah, yeah to say like, oh, maybe this is a really good question for your therapist and uh, directing them that, that way uh, to some, to an expert. Yeah. I, I mean, or there's I some things they just, any... they just don't want to talk to you about. Right. Um, right. And talking and, about, you know, her dad's death is not something that Lily wants to do with me at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is off limits. And I knew that. So I'm just glad, like you said, uh, Heather, it's like an adult. Like I at least know there's some adult in this world listening to that. That's, you know, that makes me feel better. This was super informative. Hopefully people give it a go if it's something they've been thinking about, or at least start the Google search. Yeah, yeah. yeah start, you right. start somewhere, right? And there's really different, <laughs> some therapists that just do it all like via app and, you know, tell, you don't have to yeah. do it. So find what fits for you, what fits for different, everything, something different fits for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you um, taking the time to give us some qualified advice. Yes. <laughs> well, I thank you so much for having me, and I'm so glad you guys are doing this. This is a great, a great thing for people to be able to to have as a resource as well. Like resources are, I just am so grateful when people have resources that yeah. are regular people. You know, yeah, um, right. it doesn't have to always come from a therapist. Sometimes it can just be like somebody else that has shared experience or somebody else that just is able to encourage you and is a resource for you. And that's that's fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. I, I think it's thank just you so much. That everybody knows they're not alone. Yes, so, that's you know, our and goal. using all of the tools in your toolbox is super important. So thank you. 
We hope this inside look into therapy has helped to dispel any worries you may have had in starting your own path in healing. If you're thinking about seeking help, we encourage you to start your search now. Special thanks to our guest today, Heather, a certified therapist, and her willingness to be open and showing us a glimpse into the practice. This episode was brought to you by Amy Baumgartner and Sarah Simone. Our theme song was written and produced by Vince Cassis and performed by Sarah Simone. If you have a topic around mental health that's been weighing on you, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. Until next week, friends, remember, hold on, we're gonna make it.